Welcome to Masters of Self University Podcast, your highest source of sacred truths and universal wisdom. Hello, beautiful souls. I'm Rachel Fiore, mystic, spiritual teacher, psychic healer, and founder of Masters of Self University. Join our journey of soul transformation as we deep dive into this latest episode. Hello everyone, and before we get started with today's episode, I just want to let you know about the Mystical Life Coach certification that we're running the second week in January. Now, if you've been listening to any of the podcasts at MSU, you've been listening to Ellie or myself or any other of our amazing coaches, we are about to run another semester of certifying coaches in this work. It is a six-month journey of self-transformation, self-discovery, but you'll also learn the skills on how to coach this work. It's led and taught by Rachel Fiore, supported by the entire MSU community. So if you are interested in doing this and becoming a coach and earning the Mystical Life Coach certification, please follow the link below, fill out the application, and jump on a quick consultation with me. I'll see you in another episode. Thanks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Masters of Self University podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Lee. And I'm your host, Danny Wally. And today we are joined by Mystical Life Coaches and Reiki Masters, Trailer Hawking, Adrian Schultz, everybody. Welcome. Yeah, welcome, Thank guys. Um, me and Dan, you're, uh, we're students today. We're about to uh, learn a lot uh, about what is Reiki, and can you give us a brief history on what it actually is? Yeah. Okay. I'll start with the history. So um, Reiki is a healing modality that um, really started in the late 1800s in Japan. The founder was Mieho Yasui, and he was a, a Zen monk who had been studying for years different healing modalities. He'd even... Um, like read Sanskrit and had found certain techniques that he was practicing. And at one point he uh, went on a mission and uh, went up and meditated at the top of a mountain in Japan uh, for 21 days. And at the end of the 21st day, he decided like, look, I just want to see things clearly. And it was at that moment that they say he became enlightened and he used all of the study that he had done of um, healing modalities and teachings and that enlightenment and came back down from the mountain at his monastery and started the modality of Reiki and um, was really just doing it himself for quite a while until he met um, a retired naval officer by the name of Yasui, excuse me, Hayashi. And he and Hayashi formed uh, together a school, really. And Hayashi helped Yasui really identify and systematize the way that Yasui was doing these healing sessions on people. And they started to um, work together on that healing modality, systematizing it. And eventually Hayashi opened a school where uh, he taught lots of Reiki masters this healing modality. And it had been going on in Japan for quite a while before um, 
the next player, if you will, came in, and that is a Hawaiian woman by the name of Takata. And she had traveled to Japan. She was a Japanese Hawaiian. She traveled to Japan um, to visit her ailing parents and help out. And she herself was ill. So she visited a hospital, learned about alternative medicine, and hopped in a cab and went over to the Reiki clinic and had a healing. And it, she was blown away. Uh, so she began writing um, back to Japan when she'd gone home. Hey, I want to learn this. What is this? We could use this here. And after a lot of persistence, they allowed her to be the first woman outside of Japan even to learn Reiki. She had to go and live there. And finally, when she was a master herself, she came back to Hawaii and started treating uh Hawaiians there. And it eventually left Hawaii and came to the continental US and then spread across the world. And so it's just kind of a very condensed um, history of how, you know, someone like me and Adrian got to learn Reiki. And what's the time frame on that? How long ago did all this kind of transpire? Um, I understand it's centuries, years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's been around for some time. It's beautiful. And for people who don't have any idea what Reiki is. Like when I think of Reiki, it's like, oh, it's the power with the hands and working with energy. Can you explain for anyone at home who's like, what is Reiki, what it actually is? Yeah, so Reiki is pretty much laying on, on the of the hands, like modern day text, right, is what we know it to be today. But we work with the physical body, the emotional body, the mental bodies. And this is what we are trained to do is to work with these subtle energies um, through various hand positions. And we also, as Reiki masters, being attuned to this practice, we also have been given certain symbols that we also use. Mm. Wow, beautiful. And I'd love to know, what was it about Reiki that drew the both of you in? Well, for me, I was in a place where I... You know, I was an insurance agent for State Farm for many no years. No way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I knew I did not want to keep doing that for the rest of my life. So I took a week weekend retreat. And this was my intention going in is what am I here to do with my lifetime? Because I knew that wasn't it. Mm. And I met a beautiful woman that was a Reiki master and um, pulled me aside and showed me some beautiful things. And through this intention and through meeting this woman and having her cross my path, um, I definitely jumped into it. And when I made that energetic shift into energy in the world of energy, a bunch of opportunities and doors flew open for me. So that was my experience and how I got into it. That's great. I can't imagine you at that job and knowing you now. It's like, oh, thank God you like that world. Love it. What about you, Traylor? Yeah, it's so interesting. So I had a grandma, um, my mom's mom, that was into energy healing, interestingly enough. And I never thought that would be something I would do. And then lo and behold, I was working with somebody who was a Reiki master. And I'd known her for a couple of years, like literally in my J-O-B. And um, I was sick and I'd been sick for quite a while. I was recovering from surgery and 
um, I was suffering from anxiety. And I remember this beautiful woman, you know, came into my office one day and she's like, gosh, you know, like you just got out of the hospital and, and you look like you could really use some help. Can I share with you this energy healing modality? And she stepped behind my desk and placed her hands on my head. And I had never felt something like that before. I'm, I didn't know I was in it. Um, you know, somebody who was so sensitive to energy, if you will, because no one had shared it with me before. And my, I felt every bit of the energy just streaming through me. And she said, wow, you had like a really incredible experience. You should learn Reiki. And so within a couple of weeks, I was in one of her classes learning Reiki, completely blind, had no idea what it was, and was just trusting that that was where I was supposed to be. And it was quite a journey for me. Absolutely. And that it, I've been practicing it ever since for over 20 years now. So it's, it's definitely super interesting. And I, I don't think I've ever had an, a proper like session, like a formal session. I've had friends who have kind of, um, you know, been like, Oh, would you like some Reiki kind of thing and done some, just some brief work. But I remember growing up, there was this one lady in my village who was like a yoga teacher and she did Reiki and, uh, it was like this like magical mystical thing and my dad was very against all i uh, you know very judgmental of anything of those kind of sorts so i grew up with a lot of that kind of programming but there was always this part of me that was even with all of that kind of negativity around it this part of me that was like wow that's fascinating i, I wonder what that's like and so it's cool to kind of have done a full circle and be back at a place of what feels like that openness of the of the kid who's like it fascinated and interested to learn uh and and hear about these experiences as it's awesome thank you both so much for being here and and sharing this and uh how does this well, we can start with like how does this work blend into the reiki the the work you do at msu with you know connecting people to their power and obviously there's a lot of energetic transformation work that we do here so like, what's the blend there what does that feel like Wow, trailer, do you want to take this one? And then I'll go on. <laughs> <laughs> so much. I know, right? And I will, um, I'll just say that, you know, me stepping into Reiki was really an awakening for me. And it really propelled me into the journey of MSU eventually. It's how I ended up here was really the beginning of that. So, so what Reiki did for me was it just opened a lot of doors. And, um, and then I just found my way to this work. And so after training at MSU, I can really see, you know, and after I should say practicing in Reiki for over 20 years, I um, really can see what it is that I've taught, um, whether I wanted to blend then, um, you know, the, the different higher learning, if you will, that I've learned at MSU with it. And one of the things I like to say, you know, as a Reiki master and a teacher is all of the things that I've learned affect the way I teach Reiki. And so wholeheartedly what we teach at MSU has affected the way I teach Reiki. And one of the things that I began to become aware of is that Reiki um, helps us learn the way of presence. Isn't that really interesting? Because when you're in a treatment, um, sharing Reiki with someone, you have to be so present with that moment in that place. And it's there in the way of presence that you can, um, 
hear, sense, and feel um, what might enable them to heal more, if you will. Um, a lot of your intuition comes online. You might get information about how to support them. And so being in the way of presence is really important. And then also through this work, I started to understand um, even more deeply the level of responsibility that we need to have as practitioners because my goodness, you know, I, I know Ray, uh, Adrian knows this as well and, and hopefully all Reiki masters do, but we have an enormous amount of responsibility as energy workers to keep our, you know, bad mojo, if you will, out of the way so that we can be present. You've got to be, you know, really clear and open and heart-based in order to allow Reiki to even flow through you. And so a lot of the things that I teach students is, and I didn't know it, but it's, you know, like Reiki's version of the way of responsibility, how, um, how important it is for us to honor um, also uh, the way that someone shows up and um, the fact that they're coming in and, um, hoping to get some support. And so our way of responsibility can be teaching them that that healing is within themselves. Isn't that interesting? So what else do you have to add, eh? Boy, that was beautiful, Traylor. And I would have to say the same with Reiki um, and getting into this these teachings and working with energy. It did absolutely bring me MSU. And how MSU just actually blankets everything that I personally do into every area of my life and being able to take these teachings that we have been taught here and apply them to everything that, that I do with all of the things, all the practices that I do, uh, whether it's Reiki or other, other things um, that I also teach and facilitate. And Traylor, you hit it right on the head with being responsible and the responsibility aspect of having to take Adrian completely out of the equation so I can be that pure channel of Reiki and channel that life force energy into the session and into my uh, into the client or uh, patient that I'm working on. So yeah, it's been a really beautiful experience with um, working within the, the realm of energy and how everything is energy. And this is something that we have been taught here at MSU and also within Reiki uh, for myself and Trey Lore that, you know, everything is energy. And so being able to take all, making sure I have that pure heart that I am mm -hmm. grounded first prior to even the, the patient or participant coming in and sitting on my table, uh, making sure that I am a, a pure source of channels so I can provide them uh, that those healings that, that they're here to help or to receive. Yeah, I love it. And I'll even add to, you know, the way of unconditional love. One of the things that I do for myself and um, to help my client feel at ease is I always say to them, there isn't going to be anything but love and Reiki shared here. And, you know, and, and it's true. It's almost a way of me to... Um, not just keep the space sacred, but also to keep it pure, right? And Adrian, like we work in the way of purity a lot as energy healers. And so there's so many beautiful aspects to, you know, Rachel's ways of oneness that we can see. Um, we 
incorporate into these sessions that we offer everyone. And it, it's made me even more of an acute, and I'll even say an astute um, practitioner in Reiki is really having the fundamental understanding um, and then adding to it of um, how it is that we show up as Reiki practitioners for, you know, the people that we share Reiki with. It's really cool. Yeah. You know, uh, especially Adrian, because, you know, I, I've seen you move through the way of responsibility, especially with, you're, you're not only a Reiki master, you know, you're, you facilitate plant medicine and all of these things. And yeah. I've seen you really step up to wanting to be the way of responsibility when you were introduced to this work of how do I show response? How do I show up in that way for the people that I work with, the people that I facilitate plant medicine for and all of these things? What's that been like for you? because you are someone that's taken all of that to the next level. Yeah, so Ellie, thank you for that question because it's not just the wave responsibility, but the wave integrity as well. Mm, that's yes. really, yeah. really big when I'm working with, either it's um, it's a one-on-one -on -one or a group. I work specifically with a doctor here in the Valley who sends me his patients and two other therapists. So that even increases that level of responsibility and integrity that I have not just working with them one-on-one, -on -one, but working with these doctors and uh, these therapists that I'm also with. So, you know, making sure that there is um, prior to them even coming in and sitting with me, there is an interview and with very specific questions that I ask, not just about why are they coming to sit, but medical questions and prescription medications so there's a responsibility that there's no contraindications with what I'm serving versus what they're currently taking, right? Because mm -hmm. I want to make sure everybody comes in for the purpose that they're coming in for to experience what they need to experience and to allow them for them and myself to have um, the type of, of sit or experience that they need to have and what that medicine is wanting to show them. Um, so that integrity piece is also really big responsibility and just being able to, again, remove Adrian and everything that she is or what I bring, remove her. So I'm, con so I'm channeling that medicine um, to be able to, if somebody, you know, it's, for instance, gets stuck or they're having a challenging moment, then to be able to guide them by asking specific questions to lovingly nudge them or guide them and direct them into the space that they need to be to continue with the session. And is that how it works? Is it, um, is it a channel? I, yeah, I do. I'm channeling the medicine. Absolutely. Medicine. I'm channeling the, the way of connection. I'm channeling mm. so many of the, the ways of oneness that we've been taught, you know, and constantly asking myself, even if I get, put in some kind of a challenge, challenging position, what way do I need to be right now mm. for this experience, for this patient, for this client? Yeah, I love that. And when we channel Reiki, you know, it, we go through an attunement process to learn Reiki. Um, it's actually, you know, uh, bringing that connection with Reiki into our open heart. Interestingly enough, that's part of the attunement process and you forever have that vibrational connection to Reiki again. And so, yeah, when, when Adrian and I are in, you know, a Reiki session with someone, we're getting out of the way, as, as she said, you know, Trelore needs to get out of the way in order to be that, that open connection connection, you know, through the space of my heart and then out my hands, if you will. So yeah. it's so, um, 
this is what I'm learning is when you do this work coupled with what you guys all do, I mean, that's it, right? It's the, it's the most beautiful and the most integral marriage because I realized that there's a lot of psychics out there who do readings. I've, I've gotten readings from them where it's being filtered through all their programs and their wounding. And then when it comes out of the other side and I receive the message, I'm like, that doesn't hit. And it feels like you're projecting a lot of things on me. And so what you guys are are saying is truly like the next level, which is take me out of the equation. I'm just a pure channel. And the fact that outside of that, you guys are taking so much responsibility over yourself and doing the work. I mean, this is where all of this is shifting to, you know, you guys are really, when you were talking, Adrian, I was like, oh my God, they're pioneers in this because like, I, I saw you guys going into that field and just like, imploding it with like this work of mm -hmm. getting out of the way, becoming the ways of oneness and taking responsibility of yourself. So, wow, it's beautiful. And I think this is why it's so important that for myself and trailer, I mean, for all of us coaches to continue doing the work for ourselves. Yes. And for me personally, to be able to make sure I am in a healed space and place so then I can create the yeah. spaciousness for the person to be able to yeah. come in, right? So I'm not projecting any of my woundedness or my programs, patterns, behaviors onto them. Mm. So it's a place yeah. of purity. It's a place Beautiful. of healing. Mm -hmm. And how has, I'd love to hear from both of you, how has your Reiki practice, is that a practice, would you say practice? Is it, let me start there. Mm. Is that the right practice? How has that evolved? I know Trelaw, you said you've been doing this for 20 years. How has it evolved in those 20 years? What you started out versus uh, doing versus what you're doing now, and, and especially since you've started the work at MSU? Oh, I love this question. Well, I will say that I was a Reiki one student for a long time. And Reiki level one uh, is really the journey to self. And um, it's where we dedicate ourselves to doing the internal work and um, really just moving through our stuff. And so, you know, that was the start of my journey was really just to heal myself. And as you all know, we have a lot of healing to do. And boy, did I have a lot of healing. And I didn't step onto the Reiki two level journey until I felt like I'd healed enough to be responsible enough. Um, to really start to share Reiki with others outside of my Reiki family, because, um, you know, I kind of grew up in Reiki in a very traditional old school way. And, um, and so I didn't practice Reiki a lot outside of my Reiki family and uh, friends and family, if you will, where I shared it that way. And so when I decided to become a Reiki 2 practitioner, it's where you learn um, how to give Reiki treatments, uh, you know, to people, you could even have your own business, if you will, in it. And so um, it wasn't until I felt like I was grown up enough that I actually stepped into that role. And, um, and just really started to learn how to have attention, intention, and intent with Reiki um, and really be responsible and respectful of the energetics that I shared with other people. And boy, it wasn't long after that that I stepped onto the mastery path. And that is really where you decide that you want to teach other people to do it. And so I took a little while, I'll say about 10 years to get to mastery, but it really was all about um, just making sure I was responsible enough, if you will, uh, to one, to start laying my hands on other people and, and then two, um, skilled enough uh, and, and 
passionate enough to want to teach it to other people. And, and so I've been teaching since 2010 and I've mentored a lot of students. Um, I've taught a lot of classes. They were used to be all in person and then COVID hit and I had to, to go to virtual teaching and I found a joy and a love for that as well. Um, you know, and so that's pretty great. And I'll, I'll just say that, again, you know, coming to Masters of Self University and coaching, it just put a whole new level onto the way um, that I teach Reiki. And, and frankly, even collaborating with Adrian in the, uh, the last couple years as Reiki Masters together, it's been really beautiful growth, um, a really broadening because she's kind of new, new school Reiki, if you will. <laughs> and, um, and so it's been really great even updating my terminology into the new school as opposed to the old school where I came from. Yeah, and I'm definitely from the new school where Trey Lore, she was book talk face to face and I was online yeah. uh, go at my own pace. And the the evolving for myself was I wanted to get to the masters as quickly as possible in the beginning. And then I got into the material. And because I didn't have um, a teacher, I was self-taught. I had the materials, but I was self-taught. Um, I knew that I had to be really comfortable with the Reiki one. And then as soon as I became comfortable and confident in that, then moving into the Reiki two, where I could start practicing it on other people, pets, plants, food, so on and so forth. Um, and I'll tell you what, as soon as I got to Reiki two and I could start working with people, my confidence almost like went away because I started relying on outside tools like crystals and sound and things like that and vibration um, instead of being confident in my own power and knowing that I could uh, channel this, this beautiful divine gift. And once I became really comfortable with level two, then I moved into my master so I could start teaching other people and attuning other people. Um, and so it took me what I, what I originally wanted to go in and get to the masters as soon as I could so I could start just getting on that track. It took me quite a while. I'd say it probably took me about a year to completely finish one all the way to masters. And even though I got to masters, and had a beautiful opportunity to work at, um, I was a senior practitioner at a, at a cancer treatment center called the Survivor Wellness House. Um, even though I was there and working with these patients and working not with these cancer patients, but working with my own clientele, I still had to really gain my own confidence by working with several people over and over and over again. And now today, I feel like I don't need any kind of tool or instrument or sound or anything like that. In fact, when I'm working with somebody at this point, I'll walk over to my wall of tools and I don't even know what I'm walking over there to pick up or to get until the very last moment. And it's actually in my hand. And I don't rely on the crystals. I don't rely on any of these things. This just comes from appointment to appointment. Sometimes I use something, sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's just a matter of even just talking to somebody and getting them, even 
it's even bringing in MSU work, again, this beautiful work into my Reiki practices just by simply talking to somebody has been a beautiful tool that I've been able to offer people and just really honing in on what their intention is and why they're coming to see me. So the evolving from, you know, beginning to now has just been a, a wild ride from confidence and finding my own power within this technique and tool that I use. And so if I was, well, I am, I'm a complete novice with Reiki, right? Is the goal, if I was to come to you two, is the goal for me to get all the way to a master or is it I can just come to you and receive the Reiki or am I trying to learn it on my, by, by myself? What's the difference there? Well, I think it depends on what you want to accomplish. Are you wanting to help others so then you can treat people or are you just wanting to receive the treatment because you have something going on within yourself? Like maybe you need some more clarity or your physical body is banged up and you need some help with some pain management. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say too, you know, I've taught people who've never even felt Reiki before. They were just called to do it and you'll get Reiki in class. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> but um, when I do get in front of somebody who's a new person to Reiki, one of the first things that I try to instill is the fact that they're in charge of their own healing and um and that i'm really just you know somebody to help them along that way and so i do immediately try to instill um their responsibility in their healing as well um and you know in in some beautiful words hopefully in the introduction before we um you know have them get on the table and start with the hand positions you know for the hour hour and a half they're hanging out with me is really just to have a conversation of like you're in charge of your own healing right? There's nothing that's going to be shared between me and you that isn't love and Reiki. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go from head to toe, you know, turn you over head to toe again with some hand positions. And um, maybe we'll mix some things in like, you know, Reiki uh, crystals like Adrian alluded to or something like that, if intuition says so, um, you know, but we're here to have you learn how to open yourself up to healing. Mm. And what's actually happening during reiki for people who've never experienced it before so, <laughs> so what i so if somebody has never experienced reiki before i like to just give them a brief rundown of what it is and so i like to tell them that we are a team that they are the receiver and i'm the channel and it's like um we channel in life force energy. Well, what is life force energy? It's, it's all around us. And those Reiki masters that have been attuned to this know how to draw this channel in or this life force in and channel it through us and put it in from our hands into the recipient. So they're the receiver, right? It's like finding a, a radio signal and you're trying to fine tune it to that, that clarity of sound so there's no static, right? Although we can't see the radio signals, we know that they're there. This is like life force energy. We know that it's there. We're able to draw it in and, and use it and push this in through our home, and, and not our homes, but our hands into the recipient. 
Yeah. And I'll even say too, I love that analogy of the radio is one of my favorites. I'm so glad you shared it, Adrian. <laughs> and to say that I tell people like you may not feel anything, right? But I can feel the amount of Reiki that is drawing out of my hands into them. For instance, um, I know sometimes to tune it down a little, hold it back because it might be a lot because I can see the reaction of their body or just allow it to flow. Um, you know, like I always uh, use the analogy of like a hose, right? So sometimes I will pinch it down a little because they're feeling, wow, that's a lot um, and let them just get used to it for a few minutes before the hose is fully on. And um, and, and to say that some people will not even realize that their arm is bouncing on the table whatsoever. And then another person will be go, oh my gosh, my arm was totally twitching and it didn't move at all. It was just an energetic twitch that they were experiencing. So, you know, all manner of basis is what a treatment can look like, feel like, seem like, um, between the recipient and the practitioner can seem very different the experience that they have. And, and that's one of the reasons why I'll say, you know, like you're in charge of your healing, you need to let me know what's going on for you too, um, you know, so that I can support you in that. Yeah. And then other things that come through is I've heard reports back in, in, in addition to that twitching, right, that involuntary energetic twitch of a limb. Um, people have reported back that they see um, different types of colored lights in their mind's eye. Even um, certain smells will come through, like um, a grandmother's perfume or grandfather's perfume or something like aftershave that will come through. Um, <clears throat> sounds will come through. Other things are they may get really cold or get really hot on the specific area that we're treating. And even sometimes there's a little bit of pain associated mm -hmm. when we're working with some kind of a blockage. Um, again, I'm going to go back to the physical body where if someone's coming in because they have a knee problem, right? There may be a little bit of pain associated right before there's an uh, energetic clearing and then that's released. Yeah. And I'll say is that just one more thing just to say as the practitioner, we sense and feel all kinds of different things and it's not the same for every treatment. It doesn't matter if it's the same person on the table. Every single treatment is a very unique experience. It's all about the energetics in that moment. Yeah. Uh, and based on what you said, someone lies down, I'm assuming eyes closed. Is it kind of like that? Preferred. And yeah. Preferred, yeah. <laughs> and then I kind of like within themselves and then you're kind of working through. And so does it work? I, I love you. The word, use the word treatment. Does it work where it's like, okay, I've got this knee pain. Okay. Let's work together every week for a month. Is that kind of like how it works or is there like a, a block or a program or is it just kind of a la carte? Like, I, get, I think it can be any of the above, hmm. really. You know, it's like, um, I'll, I'll just say, uh, I had a friend in town from Hungary and she was like, gosh, Shalora, I've had all these surgeons look at this knee and, you know, and there's all this stuff going on. They, they've all given me the clean bill of health and I still have all this pain. And it just dawned on me, gosh, maybe I should get on the table and have you do a Reiki treatment. And so we did a spot treatment, you know, she got a full healing, if you will, from head to toe, both sides, front and back. Um, but we, her special spot, as I call it, was her knee. And both of us had this intention that whatever it is that she's ready to release in that area, that that was the day. And I'll tell you, she hasn't had any knee pain since it's been years. And, and she was like, Oh my gosh, you're so amazing at Reiki. And I was like, mm -mm, Nope, Nope, Nope. This is all about you. Look at what you allowed to happen today. 
you know, that was a block that she was carrying some kind of energetic block. And even though she'd been, you know, given a clean bill of health, if you will, and shouldn't have any problems in this area, she still had the energetics relief release of that. And that's what we get to do as practitioners is to support people in um, the different layers, if you will, of healing. And so um, somebody might come to me, you know, once a week for a month for that knee pain, you know, so it's very, very different. Um, you know, uh, just in the moment, like what's, what's somebody capable and willing and able to do. And there is something called the Reiki protocol, um, where you, for six sessions, the first week, it's three sessions, uh, consecutive days, the second week, two second, two consecutive days. And then the last week is one, and then you're supposed to check back in. And I do offer this to people. However, what I find is a lot of people like what we've been taught here in MSU, um, empowering people, right? So I want people to really tune in as to what their needs are and what they feel like, what they are needing for themselves. I could tell people all day long, yeah, you should do these many treatments, blah, blah, blah. But it's just a matter of empowering them. What is it that you are needing at this moment? So getting people to tune in with themselves and getting out of their head. <laughs> and I'd love for you guys to share um, what it's been like now to be integrating, incorporating this work with Reiki. Are there any stories, anything that was different than before you were doing this work when you're working with patients, clients? You want me to go first, eh? Yeah. Okay. So um, I, I've got a really fun story. I was working at a resort in San Diego offering Reiki treatments and there was a millionaire business owner staying at the resort one weekend, and he was there to make a big decision about his business. Of course, I didn't know anything about this when he decided to schedule a Reiki treatment with me. And he was like, just, you know, throwing anything he could at it, the kitchen sink to help him get to his big decision. And so uh, it was an hour long treatment and it, you know, went like a usual treatment. There actually wasn't any big, huge thing going on in his, uh, you know, his Reiki session. It was, you know, normal, beautiful, wonderful energy being shared between us. And, um, you know, even though we had an intention for, for his business decision uh, to be known in the treatment, I wasn't really getting any big hits intuitively. And I wasn't worried about it and not attached. And at the end of the treatment, he sat up on the table and he just started talking. And what I heard was, now's the time to be the way of presence. Of course, I didn't know the way of presence, but just be present, be an amazing listener. And if there's a time to help him see something, it's within himself. And so I literally just sat there for another hour <laughs> standing while he sat at the end of the table. And I just asked very simple questions to keep drawing in towards his inner wisdom. And it was absolutely beautiful and extraordinary. At the end of the hour, he literally leaped off the table just in complete joy. Oh my God, I know exactly what I need to do. This is amazing. You know, you're so amazing. You're such, so good at coaching. Right. And I was like, dude, you had the wisdom within you. I asked you four questions in the last hour and you 
you made this discovery on your own. And it was such an honor to hold that space with you, um, you know, and to be the person, you know, to, to support you in that. And of course, he tipped me a hundred bucks and said, boy, next time I'm in town, I'll see you again. And, and I think about him all the time because here we had, you know, this beautiful energy exchange, you know, sharing Reiki with him, you know, he paid me to do so. And uh, it wasn't like this bells and whistles treatment, you know, I wasn't seeing visions and there, nobody showed up, you know, or anything like that in the treatment, but it was after the treatment where all of the healing happened. And, you know, and so it was a really um, unusual and beautiful experience for me to see um, that Reiki just doesn't happen on the table, right? And that in knowing um, the way of presence and, you know, knowing how to just tease out um, through some beautiful intuitive questioning, you know, somebody's got the answers to, you know, the big, huge thing in their life all on their own. So that was awesome. That's the, you know, the premise of coaching. And yeah. I think before you, before I learned the the work through MSU, I thought coaching was about kind of like guiding someone through almost like a sense of control, like telling them what to do and what they need to do. And then, you know, I learned through this work, no, it's about them discovering what's inside of them. It's got nothing to do with what you know. It's about what they know. And until they see it, until they see that wound that's showing up or whatever it is, the choice that they need to make until they see it, that's where the transformation happens because they're finding it within themselves. They're finding their own power. And uh, what a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, th I think that's so beautiful. That really is the way of integrity because I think a lot of people in these positions can abuse that power and have people be dependent on them or, you know, look up to them. And you could have easily said, yeah, I'm amazing. You should come back and keep tipping me a hundred dollars. But instead <laughs> in, in all of your grace and you were like, no, that was all within you. I was just here to help you get there. And um, yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. Thank you for that story. Love it. Aid. So yeah, one of my most profound um, experiences actually ties into MSU really beautifully. Um, I was at the cancer center working on um, a patient and it was my first time meeting this man. And I walked out to the front lobby to, to get him. And when he stood up, he towered over me. And anybody that's met me knows how tall I am, I'm 5'10". And he was enormous and um, brought him back. And the entire time, and let me just preface by saying it was at night and it was in a, it's, it was in an old restored home and I was the only one that was there. And I brought him all the way back into the back side of the home uh, where my room was located. And the entire time I was walking him back, I kept having this really awful feeling that something bad is going to happen and that he's faking his injuries and that he's there to hurt me. And after the session, even watching him get onto my table, he had a very hard time because he had so many ty different types of cancer, brain injury. And so it took him some time to actually lay down on my table. And even though I was watching him do this and he was suffering, I still thought, oh my God, this something bad is going to happen. Something bad is going to happen. Had a very beautiful, beautiful session. Uh, I don't recall what his intentions were. Um, but after the session, he was in so much gratitude. He sat and cried and cried and cried because of how good he felt. And he hadn't felt that 
clear-minded, that out of pain for quite some time and really thanked me. And although, again, what, what Traylor just says, it's not us. We are just channels of this, of this beautiful energetic system. So as he was leaving, he hugged me too many times. And I don't know if you remember this, Ellie, but this was something that happened. Um, I was going through MSU at the same time, the coaching um, program. And through all of this experience, I was able to um, have this beautiful psychic healing done by Rachel through this class and was able to really do some healing on myself. So not only was this man a very integral part of my practice with the cancer house, but also being able to be healed on an energetic level on something that I um, needed for myself to be able to um, provide more people or other people with, with again, that spaciousness. So then I can remove Adrian out of this. So then I don't have to go in thinking this man is going to hurt me. Right. He was just to go back. He was a world record arm wrestler. Um, and he was just enormous. I can't, I can't, get, I can't get over how big this man was, but through all of this, not only was I able to, able to help him and he continued to come back and more things came up within our sessions, but he provided unbeknownst to him still to this day, the, the ability for me to be able to uh, do some healing work on myself. So it was really, really astounding. And he will be forever remembered in my uh, lifetime, this lifetime. Mm, beautiful. So the the bad feeling you got, because um, this is can be tricky, right? When you're completely unaware to programming um, and to wounds that show up, a bad feeling could mean, oh, this is my intuition. And a bad feeling could also be, oh, this is fear that's showing up right now from a past from a wound in the past. And so as you're having this experience, are you not sure about which one that is at this point in your journey? Or were you like, oh no, I know this is my intuition or this is a wound? At that point, I didn't know because we were just still so new in the coaching program. Mm -hmm. For me, it was at night and it was dark and I was the only one in the house and I had this man towering over me. Yeah. And that brought up a lot of fear, a lot of trust, right? And maybe it was even trust, looking back, trust in my intuition. No, right. This man really is just a broken, crippled man. And I probably could have just kicked him in the knee and he would have fall, fell down um, if that were to ever have happened, right? Him to, to have attacked me or anything like that. But yeah, great question. It was definitely trusting of my intuition and a lot of fear. And the ability to set a boundary as well. And that was something that was beautifully brought up through these, through the coaching program and through that psychic healing that I received. What an incredible gift all around. Like, uh, and this is what it's all about. Like, you know, finding your power. And then when you do that, you're able to help others. And if you weren't connected to your power and doing actively doing the work, who knows, you might've sent that man on his way and he never would have got the healing or you don't know, you know, you don't know where he would have gone to, but um, it just opens the door for, for everyone to elevate and grow. And um, wow, pow powerful story, powerful story. 
And, you know, just to wrap up this episode, I would love for you guys to really share a little bit about the program that you guys are both offering at Master Self University for those who are interested at home and taking it. Well, I'll tell you, um, first of all, um, we were asked to create a Reiki course for MSU and Adrian and I just leaped at the opportunity, one, to do it and two, to work with each other. And um, so we do have a Reiki one slash two eight week long course offered um, on the Masters of Self University website, and it will be a course that she and I teach together, which is really amazing because you just get the best of both worlds, old school, new school. Um, and we blend all of our experience. There'll be tons of sharing of stories, real life examples, um, you know, all the do's, uh, you know, and things to look out for. Right. And uh, then we also have uh on the website as well, a distance Reiki session that you can get with one of us, um, either for, I think, 60 minutes or 90 minutes. Is that right? And yeah, 90 minutes. Okay. And so uh, we'll offer you a healing virtually over the web and you can just easily go onto the site and sign up for one of us to um, provide that healing with you. So we're really excited to have both of those things. Yeah, likewise. I'm excited to, to be a part of that journey, not just with the MSU work, but also in addition to this Reiki work with you, Trey Lore, and with the MSU and how it can all beautifully be tied in together. It's such a beautiful marriage all the way around. Yeah. Awesome. So for anybody at home, if you're interested in that, please check out mastersofselfuniversity.com. You can work under, you, I think you can go under shop and it'll be digital courses. Is that correct? Uh, it's not a digital course. It would be one of the regular university courses. Great. Go under work with us and you'll yes. find it there. Yes. Um, and to anyone at home, if you want to work with Trey Lore or Adrian or any of other mystical life coaches at Masters of Self University, set up a free consultation with us at uh, masterselfuniversity.com. Check out Rachel's book, The 20 Universal Ways of Oneness. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, just share this podcast around and helps us to keep doing it for free. And uh, thank you guys so much for your time and all of your wisdom. Um, it's been a pleasure to learn from both of you. And until next time, we will see you guys then. Bye. Um, thank you. Bye.